This time on No, Not the Mind Probe, episode number 51, Crash Into Me. Good, not too accurate. We don't want to get sued. Welcome to No, Not the Mind Probe. <laughs> Is it saying goodbye as they pull away? Yeah. No, not the mind probe. Like a little bit of outing, like goodbye. Yeah, That's cheaper. actually good because the holidays are going on right now for people. That's like your, your aunt is driving away. Okay, no, yeah. not the mind no, probe. No, not the mind probe. Um, oh, she forgot the casserole. Well, you know what? Uh, it's better off. We'll give fine. it to them at uh, Valentine's Day. No, I guess it'll be weird. What <laughs> family, family gathering for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love um, well, yeah, so welcome to this. Uh, and happy holidays, uh, folks. Hmm. Uh, you have just completed your Christmas. You have completed Christmas. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Yeah, that did, that did feel very like they just finished an exam. You have completed your Christmas. Congratulations. Now you have to do the whole year again. It's just going to come around again. So Please return your exam booklet to the front. And <laughs> it's all the uh, it's, uh, speaking of, did you um, did you have exciting? Uh, well, we'll see. Obviously, we're recording this pre-Christmas. Do you have exciting mm-hmm. Christmas plans that you will have happen to you by the time this podcast? Look, folks. To those who don't understand how recording works, Google it and then come mm-hmm. back and understand. How recording <laughs> yes. <is before. laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no. So this is sort of our first holiday season, truly uh, a little bit back to normal. Last year, we, uh, you know, we had our holiday, but we didn't really have too many people over. So for Thanksgiving this year, we had our kind of normal, like we have our neighbors over, we have some family mm-hmm. over. We all took uh rapid covid tests uh, oh, yeah. on the morning of thanksgiving so we're going to do that again on oh, christmas so really it's sort of like just having a semi back to normal christmas which is really exciting mm-hmm. so it's just like a bunch of people over we have kind of a big um we have a big meal but we don't like all sit down and eat together it's kind of like the dining room just becomes more <laughs> of like here's where all the food is and then mm-hmm. everyone gets it and then goes elsewhere and eats mm-hmm. uh, in the house they don't leave <laughs> they don't get the food and they just leave <laughs> and do they all sit in the same room or they go in separate rooms or just goes quietly to another corner of the house i like, mean we'll sometimes we all later. pile into the same room but it's usually like two or three like mm-hmm. maybe two rooms that mm-hmm. everyone's sitting in yeah bitter rivalries well, and yeah yeah, and then they talk about the other room, and then yeah, usually exactly. we um then we there's a bell and every rotate, and then some form of squid game begins and we. Beach <laughs> oh, and... I've never seen that yet. Though. I understand. Oh, that's very much. good. Yeah. Well, what what do you have planned for? Uh, uh we year? just we just stay. Uh, we we we've, we've trained our families well that they don't expect us anymore, um, because they think we're dead. Uh, so he's <laughs> great. Um, really train them so much as lied to them in a very <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, comprehensive really way. Well. It's very relaxing. No, so we just have very relaxing. Sometimes friends, if they're around, and we just have a relaxing day. Um, uh, I have completed nice. uh, as a recording. I have completed. I don't know if you checked the Facebooks. My uh, gingerbread tableau of death. Uh, my holiday. Oh, tradition. I haven't seen this year's. Yes, this year's is a, a, so, folks. Uh, um, uh, I do. Uh, I combine my love of crime scenes and the holidays. Uh, and instead of a gingerbread house, I do a gingerbread crime scene of some kind. And in the past, I have I recreated the uh, the deaths in the Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Uh, I did a, the murder of, of Ginger Ackroyd one year. I was stabbed in a study. I did um, 
Uh, it's a Jack the Ripper tribute. This year, I've done CSI Ginger. Uh, and Makes a ginger sense, man uh, who, given uh, the CSI obsession over the past yeah, uh, 18 the last months. Of COVID. Uh, the gingerbread man, um, was he, did he fall into the wood chipper or was he pushed? Uh, mm. And uh, you have a gingerbread man and a wood chipper and a little gingerbread crumbs all over the, uh, <clears throat> all over the rest of the scene. Uh, I'm very proud of it. I think it was like, Is the wealthy socialite <laughs> widow ginger person there too? Yes, yeah, so she's uh, she's in the background. She's got the blonde hair. Uh, oh, there have, she is. Um, then you have uh, uh, Horatio Candy Cane. Uh, Horatio Cane on the show. And Horatio Candy Cane is the gingerbread CSI. So yeah, um, uh, you know, a lot of it's very disturbing for a lot of people, but but I love it. Uh, so yeah, that's my, my primary <laughs> screw them. <laughs> my primary role. Um, but my other role. This is the podcaster, which oh, is yeah. what this is. Right. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Right back to it. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast where we watch and we rank. We rank. Yeah. You uh, don't have to do anything. You just sit back. Yeah. Just enjoy we'll just, yourself. You just, you just, you're along for the ride, folks. And and what a ride it's been. It's every mm. single Doctor Who episode ever. Uh, my name is John Grant. I am a uh, gingerbread crime scene artist and a uh, lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 37 years, and I guess we're going to we'll update in the new year, even though that is probably not factually correct. We, well, we, we can wait until update. October, wait until... I don't remember. Birthday. I don't know how long I've been watching it for. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows anymore? We're, well, my we're name is Porter Mason. Sure these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, my name is Porter Mason. John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years, and about a year or so ago, I finally said yes. And mm-hmm. each episode of No, Not the Mind Probe, or NNTMP, or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As uh, a lot of the children, the the smaller children call yeah. that the yeah. bigger our, children, our, they like two junior fans. Um, yeah, a little junior yeah. fans. I mean, you get a little badge and a coloring book with them. You should you yeah. should do a coloring book of us. Like you I will do. Yeah, like, people sure. color us in. Sure, <laughs> just pictures of us talking into microphones. <laughs> like these I are all the same. I already white. did this one. <laughs> no, but in this one, they're talking about the Cybermen. But yeah. I, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, watch. Uh, all of the 21st century newer Doctor Who series in order. Mm-hmm. And then uh, do- our Doctor Who sommelier, John, pairs those stories with stories from the classic Doctor Who from 70,000 years ago. Yeah, unearthed in the talking. caves of Java. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, timely, Java. Uh, ooh. There's just been a volcanic <laughs> eruption in Java. Pretty scary. Oh, I wasn't there. So no. it didn't happen. Well, good. Well, we're all it. happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, John, what are we? What are we checking in on this episode? What stories are we watching? All right. Well, uh, River Song comes back. The Great River Song mm. returns mm. Um, in, in, in inimitable style uh, to join uh, Matt Smith and Karen Gillen. Gillen, Gillen, Karen uh, Gillen, and they meet the Weeping Angels, uh, also Ooh. making a comeback uh, in the time of angels and flesh and stone. That is a, this is a two part um, for Matt Smith's first two parter, uh, and that one centers around in part a crashed spaceship. Uh, so I've paired that with a, another another in the crashed spaceship genre ouvert, <laughs> the, 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 the you know, sort of uh, mise-en-scene of uh, crashed spaceships. Sure, um, I mean, you have, uh, you know, romantic comedies, you yeah. have uh, family dramas, you have right. westerns, and then and you have crashed spaceships. spaceships. Yeah, exactly. Yes, definitely. Uh, so I've paired that with Full Circle, which is uh, in the Tom Baker's final season, so Fourth Doctor and Second Romana. All right. Tom Baker, checking out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
All right, let's recap these episodes. Uh, this is, as we mentioned, a two-parter. It is series five of the newer Hoover mm-hmm. uh, episodes four and five. These aired on April 24th and probably May 1st. Let me just check. Uh, Seems like I'm okay. May 1st, yeah, 2010. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, it's the, little, the delightful Amy Pond and the delightful uh, 11th Doctor. And um, they've just left Winston Churchill. He was a real hoot. And now they are they are in for it. <laughs> <laughs> the angels are here. The weeping angels are here. And boy, are they pissed. And as we mentioned, uh, Ripper Song also uh, checking back in. So let's hear a clip from Time of Angels. What are they doing? They're trying to make him angry. Sorry, sir. The angels were very keen for you to know that. Well, then, the angels have made their second mistake because I'm not going to let that pass. I'm sorry you're dead, Bob, but I swear to whatever is left of you, they will be sorrier. But you're trapped, sir. And about to die. Yeah, I'm trapped. And you know what? Speaking of traps, this trap has got a great big mistake in it. A great big whopping mistake. All mistakes, sir. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Always. You lot, trust me. (laughs) Sir, two more incoming. We have faith, sir. Then give me your gun. I'm about to do something incredibly stupid and dangerous when I do. Jump! Jump where? Oh, just jump as you can. Come on, leave a face, Bishop, on my signal. What signal? You won't miss it. Sorry, can I ask again? You mentioned a mistake with me. Oh, big, big mistake. Really huge. Didn't anyone ever tell you there's one thing you never put in a trap if you're smart, if you value your continued existence? If you have any plans about seeing tomorrow, there's one thing you never, ever put in a trap. And what would that be, sir? All right. Um, Very exciting. I, I need, you know what I need is I need a, a choir to sing when I'm, when I'm making a big dramatic speech at work, like a chorus to sort of sing in my background. Then it would be perfect. But but you can't get the staff these days because of the Biden administration's welfare program. So there you That's go. That's right. Uh, the, the, they're, delightful, <laughs> they're delightful welfare programs, which I partake in regularly. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. You don't get child tax credit payments like I do. It's nice. You get this little payment every month. It's yeah, great. we don't burden the earth by creating more miles to consume more resources, and I end up paying for it. So you know what? Keep your legs closed for a while. That's what I say. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> happy to report that uh, New Jersey ranks 51 out of the 50 uh, states in D.C. in terms of the money that we get back from the government, uh, federal government that we put in. We apparently pay the most in federal taxes and get the uh-huh. least in federal. Uh, funding because you know mm. what we stand on our own we didn't need a bunch of federal money mm-hmm. um mm. we just pay a lot of state taxes too. Right, <laughs> that's right. what we do right. yeah. anyway this is uh this is uh sort of the more political part of the show where we really <laughs> get into it <laughs> um we're trying we're actually angling folks to get a talk radio show uh (laughs) and this was the best we could come up with (laughs) so i'm gonna confess i'm probably stalling also because on both these stories Mm. i'm got a little lost some point in the middle of them and uh got i got like turned around i did that thing where you come up to the sign at the fork in the road and then you realize like oh no this is this is loose 
it was supposed to be pointing left, but it was mm. turned over. I'm not even sure which of them went the right way. So um, anyway, yeah, here we are. I, the Lepidoptera. major interstates these days. I'm just like, because mm. I, I stop at every sign. Like when I'm driving out of the interstate. I stop at it. And I get out of the car. And I look at it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, actually 10. All right. And I get back in the car and keep driving. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. That's, yeah. that's what Yogi Berra <laughs> says. The pride of Montclair, New Jersey. Robert um, Frost says it too. So the 11th Doctor, Amy, uh, they are looking at a ship in a museum and they see a little engraving in Gallifreyan. Yeah. And they get some coordinates and they travel back to the specific place. Uh, do they already know it's from River Song? Yeah, well, because it says uh, it's 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 the equivalent of a black box, and it says "Hello, sweetie." Remember? Oh, okay. uh, and uh, yeah. And meanwhile, we're chatting back and forth to a fabulously attired uh, Alex Kingston in that great sequence where she's strolling around the ship and winking at everybody and just totally in control. Yeah. So they go back yeah. in time, <laughs> <laughs> and basically, she's a she's got her back literally up against the wall in this in the ship and they the he she tells them to put the tardis at this one space in time because her move is going to be to hit the airlock get thrown out into space but right into the tardis yeah um and it works pretty badass move pretty pretty yeah. cool move i mean see you have to assume it's <laughs> Again, obviously Moffat stretching things a little bit, but um, I guess it's her because she's because she meets him back, and she's confident it's going to happen, or she knows she's not going. I don't know. Anyway, she she has to um, she just leaves this note right. So it begins her going in, carving the note on the thing, and then doing this. And I guess she's just like, well, eventually he'll get to this museum and find in the one note timeline. And show I will up. survive. Yeah, like eventually he'll do it. So she just is like, oh, I'm sure he'll show up. <laughs> so it's sweet and barely so, credible <laughs> this is the doctor's and i guess our second interaction with river it's it's it is the second and our yes yeah, so that we have seen from um, yeah, it, it, it's it's not clear if he's uh, run into her another a couple of times but it's still very early on because he doesn't know much about it. but <laughs> he seems to not even remember the first time because it's matt smith as opposed to uh, uh the previous yeah, generation he, does, right? he's, he explains to her that he's you know um uh, they meet in the wrong order um and i think that's what suggests it might be more than once is that he says we keep meeting in the wrong order Okay. Uh, and so yeah, so he uh, this is still early for him, but later for her, I I think. Because my memory from the previous episode is she has like a, a diary of right. of everything, and we see the it doctor here. left it's a her. Book. Yep. Yeah. It's every every all, all the encounters, and she she opens the book and she's like, "Where are we?" Uh, and uh, you know they're trying to compare notes. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so she mentions that. Uh, so this is a bunch of this is a. Uh, this is Russell T. Daviesian, uh, mm. where we're going to bring back some some greatest hits of previous mm. stuff. We're going to have River come back, and we're mm -hmm. going to have a weeping angel. It says this ship has a weeping angel in its cargo. The weeping angel was in a really great episode, a standalone episode, mm -hmm. a Dr. Light episode mm -hmm. called Blink. And the deal by with Stephen them yeah. by Stephen Moffat. And it was just a wonderful setup of a horror story where there are these statues that can't hurt you as long as you're looking at them. Mm -hmm. um, but when you can't see them, they can move anywhere and do everything. So it's, just, it's an amazing visual effect that also, uh, one of the things I think is genius about it and that you must have to get good at as a, a television or film writer or especially television. 
is that it's a great idea that it's sort of like budget wise is not that hard to do because yeah. it's like you just have to flash the lights and then have it closer. Like it's very easy in some well, ways. Have to a do. bunch of statues. Um, <clears throat> so uh, then we uh, realize that the there's then we meet these folks who are part of the the church. Is it meant to be an extension of our church? Like the 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 the, the Christian church developed into this, the Catholic Church, or I mean, yeah, I mean it's not said specifically what religion. I mean, it just sort of refers to it as the church. And the I mean, church, kind of like yeah. yeah, modern church or doctors like yeah, modern church or things change. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they're all. Uh, it, uh, they're basically wearing like desert storm uniforms. They look like, you know, sort of current yeah. today they're military, military troops, but they're just yes, protecting they're bishops and clerics and stuff. Yeah. Some population there and they've found the weeping angel. And so they have video of it. Um, and they're like that. There's monitoring it. But then we learn this um, fact about them or nature of the weeping angels is that if an image of a weeping angel can then itself become a weeping angel, which is again, kind of a, it's very Moffat thing to me because it's a very just like it's very magical. Just like yeah, that's what it is. It's like I don't know that that makes sense in any way, but it, it's a cool. He he introduces I think lots of interesting rules for things. It's like hey, here's a rule for how this works, yeah. and that's going to cause lots of really interesting things to happen. Yeah, and he's very. Um, I think he's very. I think <clears throat> I think Moffat and, and it can be both a strength and a weakness. I think depending on what kind of fan you want to be. I, I I think it's a strength. I think he's just like I got a inter- I got a cool idea or for an exciting plot point or a cool visual or something. So I'm just gonna do it, and it doesn't always make sense or hang together. But he's kind of like, but yeah, but this is a cool idea. <laughs> he's like, why why bother yeah. to you know? So I think that's I think that's his. And so yeah, this is another case. Where it's like oh, I need an interesting hook here, and yeah, it's an yeah yeah what. What beholds what what holds the image of an angel becomes the angel itself or something. This is line. So Amy gets trapped in the in a part of the ship watching the video, and then they have this whole sequence of very compelling and scary sequence of trying to get her out, and we kind of replay of of the blink um episode, and she actually ultimately yeah. shuts it down. Um and uh actually mentions to the doctor, like, you're not giving me the credit. Uh, that I kind of solved that. So then they're trying to get to the ship, the wreck of the ship, mm-hmm. to I guess get and neutralize the angel. Is that what right? So there was an angel in the hold of the ship, and I can't quite remember why. I think it was somebody collector, somebody stole it, or but anyway, uh, yeah. And uh, and so they're worried that it's going to get away and and blink everybody out of existence or whatever on this this place. But I think the planet then it crashed into the into the the catacombs of the planet that was the two headed. Right. But it's yeah. Anyway, it's like, why are they going in there to unlock it? <laughs> I think um, cause they're worried it's going to get away if they don't or something like that. Like they gotta, you can't contain it. <clears throat> so they think it's down in these caves. They go down through the caves and there's a bunch of other statues there, which they're like, well, these aren't weeping angels. They, yeah. they're <clears throat> must be just made by the natives or something. And then a good ways through, they realize something's up because these, I mean, it's a, it's a funny inference, but they're like, I don't think these are made by the natives because the natives on this planet have two heads and yeah. these are single headed statues. OK, but the two headed people could make statues of single headed people. But anyway, other I things think start to happen. A tomb, though, right? Or, uh, mm. it, 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 it's probably, yeah, either to make it work. I think everybody has to be a little bit slow, right? Like you feel like people would have caught that a little bit faster. <laughs> but uh, maybe they were they were busy. So, um 
we find out that no, these are actually angels, but they're weak for some reason, and that maybe this one is trying to get there and, and kind of rescue its own kind. Mm-hmm. Um, we also find out that Amy seems to have like gotten the angel. He mentions that the eyes are the doors to your soul, so the angel sort of has like gotten inside her. She's beheld her an angel, right? She looked at the angel, so now she's becoming the what what holds the image of the angel becomes itself an angel. We see like dust coming out of uh, yeah. Yeah. of her. I, um, which you know, a lot of actors we use the glycerin for that, but I, I understand Karen Gillan just dust. Was she able produced to do the, dust, the dust herself. Yeah, she's that impressive an actor. <laughs> so okay, so then there's a lot of weeping angel scenes of, mm-hmm, of yeah. these creatures flashing uh, through them. Um, they get to this is where I get lost. They got to the the oxygen factory of the ship right which is a bunch of plant which is a cool idea right you need a bunch yeah. of plants on the ship to make oxygen, and then puts them in a forest yeah. which is mm-hmm. a cool mm-hmm. setting get through the forest we see another crack on the wall mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that is what the angels <laughs> are are drawn to i guess this 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 crack yeah, something to do with the, time and it produces energy that they, energy. Can, they can use which they want right or they they live on potential energy from time right and so then they can do something with this that they'll get back to us later about. They'll so call, then they'll it call becomes later, the opposite, which is, this is a good turn for a type of story like this, where they're saying, okay, Amy, actually now the deal is you need to just keep your eyes closed all the time because of what's happening with you. So you essentially for a good half of this episode, probably more, um, she's has her eyes closed. <laughs> so everything she has to do, she have, she has her eyes closed and they, and they are, have left her at certain points to do other things. We also find out, by the way, that River, who's sort of purported to be here, like, oh, I'm here, doctor, I'm leading around to help, is actually a prisoner of the church. And they have, they have sort of are giving her almost like parole points for doing this and bringing the doctor there to, to help and do this stuff. So right. she killed someone. She killed a very good man. Uh, and she's, in yes, prison, so. right, right, right. Um, seems, it's great. Yeah. too. by the way, you've got, uh, uh, the Amy stuff. Um, uh, it's set in the forest. You have Amy wearing a red, I mean, clearly like a little red riding hood, like alone in the forest, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Moffat just not, not even playing around with the tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, the weeping angels start to move away from the control room. Uh, the clerics are erased from time by the crack. It goes, yeah, that was definitely confusing to me. And then just at the moment, so then Amy's on her own at some point and is kind of walked through. And the doctor keeps saying to her, walk like you can see. Mm. And I didn't totally... She never really does. Yeah, I, um, I, I was trying to remember this. It's like, why won't they... I guess they wouldn't attack her for some reason. Yeah, and then when she <laughs> she the doctor kind of sets up a thing saying like wherever you turn, I've set up your recorder so that if you're turned in this way, you'll it's sort of a funny way to do it though, because it just says like if it sounds exactly like my sonic screwdriver, then that's a way to turn. It's like well then you have to know the exact frequency that that like, because when he when he was when, the, when she was it? turning and it was going to different frequencies several of them to me are like oh it's sometimes it sounds like that doesn't it like uh, but i guess not i mean i'm an old person i have to listen to the tv at like 70 or more now <laughs> to even hear low voices so yeah well amy pond is a sprightly sprightly young lady so yeah she sure. ultimately sure. river actually transports her out because they fix something on the ship that she's able to transport her in mm-hmm. great um well they were running out of time the episode was running out and they were like river's like i we <laughs> yeah, gotta move this along <laughs> um the 
the weeping angels, uh, the the gravity fails on the ship, and the weeping angels Dr. fall Jason into the, the, the crack. The, mm-hmm. This time, <laughs> what's on the other side of this? We're gonna find out eventually, but it's like we're just <laughs> dropping all the stuff in, the, in mm-hmm. there. Um, the weeping angel that was that had kind of infected her has been erased, so she oh, no so no longer has this problem. River goes into custody, um, and then and then we have an exciting end part, and I think you referenced this before. So Amy says, look, I have stuff you don't know about me either. We need to go back to Earth. And we go, what well, it's, you know, we know what happened, which is Amy went away on the night before her wedding. Mm-hmm. He She brings back the doctor at that moment say, like, look, I'm supposed to get married the next day, but I'm not sure he's the right man. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'm interested in you as uh, is basically what she's saying. Or at least she wants to hook up with him. She, that's yeah, what she kind of says. Like, yourselves at him. Yeah. I, I kind of I just want to sow some oats is almost what she's getting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, throws herself at him and we we do get like a nice sequence of him being like oh no no like i this is not not no and (laughs) also you're getting married and just no 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 um and i think it's a really funny scene and i don't know if this is what you were addressing before you mentioned before i was asking oh there are these two very attractive people aren't they gonna start like there's gonna be some tension about that i thought the scene did a good job of saying like this isn't gonna be a thing it's almost funny the way they're doing it and what I think is actually, to me, this says a lot that be good actors. Um, They're both very, these like young, attractive people. And the way that they act and play up the comedy of this moment is really good because you aren't like rooting for them to hook up. You actually just love the comedy of it because he's pushing her away at some point And she's like, oh, yeah, you're pushing me around. This is good. Yeah. And it's just it's really funny the way they do it. And I think it just sort of then sets that part of your mind at ease of like, Okay, like this isn't gonna be another rose situation. Yeah, like yeah. Is this what you were referencing? Yeah, I mean it's great, uh, and it is. It is. It's very like very much shuts it down. Like this is not like a romance thing, uh, and uh, you know, and he the, his reaction is very like I'm not. That's not me anymore. Like, and he's very like almost childish about it or whatever. Um, yeah, this is so. This is um. Uh, you know, again, let us let us praise Matt Smith. This is the very first story that he filmed. So I said they filmed, oh, they filmed wow. out of order. Uh, and again, you can't even tell. Like he's just nailing it um, from the beginning. So even more so than the other tower, this is just especially like that that scene that we had the clip from. I mean, he's great in that. Uh, <clears throat> so he's just uh, he's again nailing it from the very beginning. Um, and uh, and and it's great in this story. Um, Karen Gillan is great in this story. Um, you know, they, they are playing up the, there's a lot of, uh, sort of scary tent scenes, her in the forest and, you know, being able to see and stuff like that. And then she's very good in that. Um, but I think it is Alex Kingston. River Song steals the, this is, this is only the second time we, so, you know, rewatching this, of course, we, I know that River comes back many, many times and becomes a very major character, but this is only the second time she come back. And there always been sort of a, you know, because of the setup from, uh, uh, the science in the library story. Um, you know, when Steve Moffat was announced as the new showrunner, everybody's like, Oh, I guess, you know, maybe we'll see River Song again. Uh, and, and she'll return. Um, but you know, laying the groundwork for a whole lot more, like, well, who, who'd she kill? Uh, you know, she, she mentioned the end on the way out, you know, oh, the, um, you know, in, in the Pandora, in the, uh, uh, you know, when the, we'll see each other again when the Pandorica opens and then, you know, there's another now we're getting another season thread. He's like, the Pandora is a myth. And she's like, spoilers. And then, you know, floats away or, or disappears. Um, uh, 
which is how I think from now on when I'm asked something I don't know, like at work or something, like, hey, where's where's Joe? I'm gonna be like, spoilers. And then spoilers can't say. <laughs> like, well, that's obnoxious. Um but she's excellent. I, I love the opening scene with her, um, just in the in beautiful gown and she just looks amazing and she's totally confident like just strolling through the scene it's great i didn't mention right after that once she's in the tardis i didn't mention i thought it was a great sequence of her just kind of coming in and taking command of the tardis and so amy is very confused like wait who is this because she knows how to use this better than you which is fascinating um so yeah she's she's really really interesting character and I mean, I don't know all the stuff that happens with her. They seem to be hinting pretty strongly that she kills the doctor. Um, that's what would jump out at me from what there's they're a saying. Lot, uh, there's a lot of foreshadowing here. Uh, and um, again, now, again, knowing the whole story, I'm watching and being like, I wonder how many. So how many threads is Stephen Moffat laying down here? What did he know at this point that he comes out with later and stuff like that? And yeah, I don't know how much he'd mapped it out, but um, <clears throat> it, it still works quite well. Um, but yeah, he's laying down a lot of threads here. Um, I was, I remember being surprised in this story at, um, uh, they revealed so much about the cracks, right? So he sort of explains a little bit more about the cracks in the universe. Like, like, again, we were sort of used to the pattern of the old, uh, of the earlier series where it was like, yeah, it was like a one, you know, one line or one image or something like that that was repeated through the whole thing. And then at the end, uh, you know, we would find out uh, bad wolf in the first season, torchwood in the second season, like not a ton of. You know, it doesn't have a ton of relevance to the story or, or we don't find out until the final episode. But here it's like now he's rolling out. OK, uh, you know, this this, this, con- this consumes time and all that kind of stuff. And, and it, like <clears throat> you sort of go in thinking, all right, the, the cracks will be something the doctor only comes becomes aware of at the very end. But here he's actually aside from the first one. This is now he's seen them more as like, oh, this is following me throughout time. There's more to it than there's more to it than um, there's more to this. Um, and so it adds more to the ongoing story, which is interesting. And it incorporates it into this plot, right? I mean, they use the crack, the cracks what the angels are after. They use the crack to destroy the angels and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Um, uh, the uh, uh, expanding, it was interesting. <clears throat> and this sets, uh, there's some debate because angels have just come back even uh, in the, in the latest series. Um, is like again like the dollies the more you use them so they're great monsters and great characters but the more yeah. you use them maybe you undermine them slightly because then they become like now now we know more about them and they have more you know oh if this happens you know these rules and this kind of thing is like they become less impressive i do like that they get to talk this time right they they have they use the other voice of bob uh the soldier or whatever someone that um, they've inhabited and killed yeah um so you do get some communication with them which again you get if you're if you're going to have a monster be sort of a repeated foe i suppose it does have to communicate with a doctor at some point um and then it's a very um it's a very complex plot right i mean this is a it is uh there's it's long um a lot happens um there's a lot of deduction there's a lot of sort of you know events building it's it's a a stephen moffat plot right it's very complex a lot of clearly it's like he put a lot into um the 11th hour and then i think this was sort of the the next story where he's like all right this is you know like the beast below okay story but seemed a little underdeveloped um this one clearly spent a lot of time thinking about and trying to put it together um and you know as big ideas you know he's, he's got these big visuals like oh what if they were in a cave full of statues and they realize they're angels and oh would it be great to have a forest in the spaceship and stuff like that um and i will flag this because it's an interesting a lot of people online pick this up um uh, back in the day uh <clears throat> when he leaves her in the forest um and goes off the river uh he doesn't have his coat on um because he's going and then he comes back, right, and gives her another speech or whatever, something like 
He's wearing his coat. Hmm. Canudier or not? You be the judge, people. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that to you, uh, sir. I'll leave not. that to you, sir. I'll just say not. Good day, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do any research on it. I'm just going to say not. No, um, one last. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm not, I have nothing else. I was going to say was, one last I was thing. That big continuity coat thing. I was just thinking, deal. going back to the the discussion we had about the end of the episode of shutting down their relationship yeah. idea between. I think the other th- way, the thing that Moffat did that was great there is he made the doctor meet her as an 11 year old girl. Mm. So it would be super weird if they ended up hooking up. Yeah, that's because true. their initial like meeting was then like that. That's when they met and they yeah. or might have been younger, like eight or whatever she was. Um, So I think that makes it much more like believable that he'd be like, Ooh, no, what? No, this is weird. I, I'm not, this is not happening. Um, <laughs> So I yeah I think that's good and I, I'm glad that he's sort of guarded against that. Um, you know I don't know maybe something else will happen with some other companion, but right off the bat with everything that we just went through with Rose, Martha, and you know yeah. really just Rose, yeah, Rose. <laughs> you couldn't get rid of that idea with Rose that it's like I'm glad yeah. we just shut that down for. I mean okay. again you know if you're if you're actually staying in the the in universe story, um, uh, what you're saying is that 900 year old person, 11 year old, no. 900 year old person 25 year old okay yes because the person is a mature being at that point (laughs) but um i'm just saying if you you when you're 900 and you're dating a 25 year old we're all gonna be like poor i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to our classic episode our classic episode let me tell you a little something about it it's called full circle it was in season 18 they'd already done 18 of these seasons yeah and then they kept doing it and then this was this, uh, the, the third story. It is four episodes. It aired the 25th of October through the 15th of November, 1980. We were around, you know, three years old. You would just turn three. Yeah. Just turned three. Um, when, when this aired and we have a little clip here. I don't know. I should say, and this is the, uh, the, the witch doctor. Gosh, this the fourth, fourth doctor. doctor. Yeah, Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Oh, and a lot of canine. We got a lot of canine. A lot of canine, a, a canine key but part. he gets beheaded at one point. I thought Jesus, you didn't know I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a clip from uh, from Full Circle. You decide to allow this to happen. The large creatures are mindless brutes, animals. Yes. Easy enough to destroy. Have you ever tried creating one? We were within our rights. One might argue that Dexeter was overzealous. Not an alibi, deciders. You three are supposed to be leaders. Certainly we are. Though, of course, uh, Nefred is, uh, is now a first decider. Then Nefred is responsible. For the community? Yes. No! No! Perhaps they haven't let you in on the secret, Logan. Shall I tell him, gentlemen? Secret? Yes, and the fraud! A perpetual movement. The endless tasks going round and round. The same old components being removed and replaced. No, Doctor, that's too harsh. The preparations are necessary. Preparation? For what? This Starliner isn't going anywhere. But the manuals promise us a journey to Teladon. Yes, but it, it must be made ready first. Ready? It's been made ready for centuries. This ship could take off in half an hour if you had a mind to it. What? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, dramatic. Big plot twist there. All right, yeah. Great, uh, righteous anger from Tom Baker. I will, you know, make some sort of attempt to explain what I thought was going on here, but please, by all means... Uh, correct me at will. <laughs> so 
they land on I, I guess a planet, but then they immediately are confused. Uh, Ramana and and the fourth doctor uh, are confused by what they're seeing because it looks very different than what they're seeing on their scanners, and they they feel like they're in some other dimension or something like. Uh, and and they, so they have a there's a is in at the very beginning they there's a little sound effect and the screen goes a little bit wobbly and they're like oh and then that's the performance oh, oh. <laughs> they've passed into a new universe hmm. <laughs> so they have <laughs> and in this new universe there's um by the way there's a lot of uh uh at the beginning of the introduction to this little civilization there's a lot of uh gay male gaze of uh mm. some nice mm. nude men swimming and and uh they're wearing flesh like colored that. outfits but they are they yeah. are clingy in all the right ways i'm That's not right. gonna lie i'm not gonna lie to you. well at the beginning i actually thought it was a, a gay civilization because they were just showing that <laughs> and they they only showed and then finally some women started showing up but i was like mm. oh is this what this is this is gay like town. a comp- yeah the, it's gay town gay town <laughs> uh, doctor who discovered provincetown <laughs> so anyway but this the, the ship as we just heard in the clip they're kind of in this they're stuck in this mental loop of they their whole civilization as they refer to it is between this crashed spaceship and a river and they're there long enough that they've developed roles and names for this thing that really could have taken place over the course of a couple months but they seem to have been there for years and i don't know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh they there's these group called the deciders who decide yeah. what's going on then it's a great sort of name like I'd upper, like, it is really yeah. good yeah. there's some <clears throat> sort of upper class and then there's like the other people doing the work and the whole thing is structured on like oh well we're gonna we're gonna we gotta fix a spaceship and then we can get out of here but it seems like but there's been years like what how could but somehow everyone just keeps with this um this facade or or they're somehow being convinced of it we meet adric who's one of the colonists this is the first appearance of adric he seems to be right right yeah he becomes a companion later because your first introduction to him he died immediately Uh, is that my first time i saw him he did the episode he died i guess when he died yeah So he's there. He seems like one of the upper class because like the some of the other some like they won't let him play their reindeer games like <laughs> he, he's he's they're like, oh, you're fancy. They don't want him around. Um, the outlers, yeah. <clears throat> and then I don't know. Then I'm really lost. Uh, mm. The, the mm. Starliner is the name of the ship. Uh, there's different factions who are. Uh, there's a chief scientist who, of course, is evil in some way, or you know, You're misguided. Um, Dexter, Dexter is misguided. Um, um, yeah, this is, you're, yeah. You're, wow. Okay, okay. I, I got really happy. lost. In this, so. <laughs> I was telling John sometimes I watch these on Sunday afternoons, and it's uh, I guess a little <laughs> little sleepy in here. So this it is did a, not hold my attention in a great way. So yeah, in many ways. It's, All right, so let's go back. The Starliner. Uh, so they go. Uh, this, uh, let me stay with the the in uh, episode story. The Starliner uh, came from a planet, uh, and it crashed on this planet, Alzarius. Uh, and uh, they think they've only been there for you know x amount of time, short amount of time, uh, and they're preparing for the great embarkation. They're going to leave again, uh, and uh, um, and fly home. Uh, what the Doctor first realizes actually. <clears throat> why are you replacing parts that still work? The ship is ready to go. Uh, and then they reveal the, the secret at the, uh, which is in the clip. Well, we don't know how to fly it. Uh, 
And then the doctor's researching more, and what he notices is that they um, uh, they seem to uh, evolve. Uh, they seem to heal very quickly. Uh, and then he's looking at so there's uh, you skipped all the monsters. There's monsters in the marsh, the marshmen. Yeah, there's uh, right? spiders. And they come out and... uh, on, a, on a regular cycle, uh, misfall. Uh, and then there are the spiders in the melons and things like that. And what the scientists and the doctor discover is that all of the genetics of all of those things are the same. So the big shock reveal is that they've actually been there for generations. Right, right. And that the marshmen, they're actually evolved from the marshmen. Like every every few generations or whatever, the marshmen break into the ship and take over and kill everybody and then somehow evolve and uh, and then and then you're like oh i guess we should start running the ship again uh because evolution happens very quickly uh there like still they've still been there for centuries or whatever um so i think that's the basic set like they they, they, Did right, they, they come they, in on the ship or was the ship crash by someone else uh, they, I think they came in on the ship, but then I think everybody was, the original people were all killed by the Marshmen who lived on the planet. Uh, and then, uh, but then the Marshmen had evolved and learned, they had all the manuals on the ship and they eventually learned, it doesn't fully hang together. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that was the idea. So it's a story about evolution. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, within the sort of confines of the story, if you accept a few things, it does work somewhat. But what's interesting about the story is this is written by a, a guy named Andrew Smith. Uh, and this is going to make you feel old here and less not very accomplished. So buckle up. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Smith was an 18-year-old Doctor Who fan who wrote a script and sent it to the Doctor Who production office. And they were like, all right, yeah, we should make this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> early, I think, I think 70s, 80s. So 70s was when Doctor Who started discovering fans. Right, the, the fan clubs, the Doctor Appreciation Society, and sort of fan clubs emerged, uh, and and you started to have this active fan community, um, which is impressive, right? Because they had to do everything by mail, right? The, the fanzines were photocopies, right? People wrote and typed them on, you know, and glued mm. them together and photocopied mm-hmm. them and sent them to people. Uh, <clears throat> but the fans became active and engaged with the production office and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I mean, literally, like Peter Capaldi was an early fan, uh, seemed to be. Oh, active. right, yeah, you mentioned, uh, and like. Yeah, literally, the people would just write, and they'd be like, I remember writing this fanzine, and I like Doctor Who. And they'd be like, okay, come in and watch us film an episode and meet John Pertwee. And like, they'd just do it. Like, it's a very it's very open, <laughs> different <laughs> world than you have today. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, and so the production office was very accessible to people. And uh, people would write all the time and be like, I want to become a writer. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they would write back. And it was, you know, you see now, like, all these letters back and forth from, like, the producer and the script editors. And like, oh, like... There are some where the script, the people would send in a script and the script editor would go through it and, and edit and, and like redline it and be like, no, this doesn't work. This is a bad idea. You shouldn't do this or something like that. And like, good script should be, could be better or whatever, blah, blah, and send it back to them. Like, it was very accessible people. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so this kid, 18 years old, writes, um, writes the script. Uh, Christopher H. Bidmead, who's the script editor, likes it, and uh, and they decide to put it into production, um, obviously wow. with some help and support. Um, so yeah, this is written by an 18-year-old, um, which is you know makes you immediately jealous. Uh, here's the part that makes you feel old. Um, he did not become a professional writer. He became a police officer, a cop, a detective. Uh, he has now retired uh and is now writing doctor who again for a big finish uh <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. He, he worked for 30 40 years uh, uh retired uh, and is now back in things so so yeah try to wrap <laughs> every head around that um anyway uh so yes uh as so you get that um uh it actually again 
there are some huge leaps uh, here, but uh, what is kind of cool about it is, is he does clearly put some effort into trying to make it fit together, right? You see Adric heals very quickly. You see like the doctor looking at the DNA and sort of saying, wait, this is the same as the spiders and the same as the Marshman. Um, you've got a lot of clues. It does. If you, if you mm-hmm. latch on the eternal logic of the, of the, the story itself, it does, it does sort of work. Um, you've got, um, you've got, <clears throat> Uh, Tom Baker in his final season. This is uh, only, um, I think, uh, like four, so four, five stories from the end. Uh, <clears throat> this is Lagapa season. Um, you know, kind of becoming a much darker doctor. Uh, you got Romana, um, uh, the second Romana. She's about to leave. Uh, this is the first Adric story who comes in. Um, uh, and uh, not a bad character, uh, but uh, uh, actually, a lot of people think that Varsh, the brother, is more interesting um, than Adric. Um, I did have a weird reaction. Oh, so also uh, Nefred, who was in that clip, the, the head decider, the security chief from the war games. Uh, oh. just watched. I remember he recognized his voice. Uh, um, James Bree uh, is a pretty, pretty well known actor. Um, I did have an interesting reaction to, um, uh, which I've never had before, and I, it must be a COVID thing. Uh, to the outlers, the outlers are the kids, the the young youngins who are like ah, the the deciders. They're all conspiracy. You know, they all right, are right. just trying to keep us down and blah blah blah. And I'm just now like you know when I'm watching this years ago, I was like yeah, I never listened to authority and what do they know? And now I'm just like oh, just get the vaccine, you stupid outlers. <laughs> tell- go to the ship, do what they're telling you. I was like oh, I was like oh god, either I'm becoming old. Uh, or or the the world has changed to a point where I'm like, oh, just why just, just shut up, stupid young people. Just just do what you're told. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, so that was very interesting. Um, and then this does set off. Um, oh, so t- two things. Uh, uh, this does set off the E Space trilogy, which actually the next story we're going to watch. Is, we're watching the next story in order when we move forward from here. Um, uh, so this is a sort of a three runs of stories that were in this alternative universe, um, which is what they go through at the beginning, um, which is totally irrelevant here, obviously. Uh, but then also, this is one of the scary moments. This is for me, as I remember, one of the great or, or most scary moments of Doctor Who as a kid was Romana in the cave with the spiders. When the spiders hatch out of the fruits, mm-hmm. yeah, and she, one falls on her face and blah, blah blah. And you look at them now, and they're like clearly like puppets, just like wobbling back and forth. And it's just, but I, was, I remember as a kid being terrified because when all the spiders start to hatch mm-hmm. out of the fruits and attack them, um, uh, and uh, I should say fruits is in uh, melon fruits, uh, not planet of the gaze. It's not like the gaze has to open. Um. And uh, um, also good, uh, some great direction. If you look at the, the marshmen coming out of the water uh, with all the mist around them and scary. I know I'm filling you in on a story that you only vaguely remember. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, just... I remember the mist, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, it's an interesting, again, high concept sort of sci-fi. Interesting idea. <clears throat> Please. Did you give you some of that uh Boy, that uh Christmassy? Yeah. Well like mid- I, I midnight was, mass. I thought that was, I was like thinking a, more of that that choir following you around giving you movement. Oh yeah, I like yeah. that too. But also also Christmassy midnight mass. Oh so, sure. Yeah. Uh well anyway, we like themes. We yeah, like uh sure. we're adherent to the repeating themes. We like to talk about some of the things and threads and topics that that make their way through the Doctor Who universe. 
Um, what do we? What do you want to? What do you want to bring together other than crash spaceships? No, this, uh, I mean, look, people, we have to do okay. something about crashing spaceships. It's okay. a problem. Needs to be dealt with. Why do they crash? And how do we stop them crashing? Well, well you know, on the... Earth we have these crashed uh, uh, boats, right, and then whole ecosystems. Yeah. In the in the ocean, develop around those. So I guess crashed spaceships. It's a similar deal. I think it's, uh, it's, it's my, <laughs> one reason I don't. I think it's the way it's the guy's accent. Uh, it's from the movie Airplane. Uh, <clears throat> when the news goes out that the airplane's going to crash, and they have sort of the cut between the different news shows or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have like the point counterpoint guy, and the guy, and they just have this old guy with like a mustache, and so the plane's going to crash, and he's just like. Shauna, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I say, let them crash. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, great movie, everybody. Uh, let's talk about airplane. No, what's interesting is uh, in the story again, uh, the doctor's encounters with authority figures. Maybe sort of leaping off of that covid uh my reaction to the sort of outlers in, in post-covid world is the doctor's always defying authority right you've got the human against the deciders here he's always disrupting the system and then there's a very negative reaction to the church right he's sort of very tense and spiky with the the bishop uh who's mm-hmm. the, the guy in the head of commands and stuff like that uh, and so, yeah, it just sort of sparked my interest. Uh, Although they about. ultimately sort of get on and understand yeah. one another. <clears throat> Although even I think it was uh, it's actually a well-written sequence uh, when um, uh, the guy, the bishop gets, uh, I think it's a bishop, uh, gets um, grabbed by the angel. Uh, and then it's sort of, you know, again, the doctor kind of respects him, but it's also like the, the guy is being like, yeah, you knew this would happen or this was going to happen. Like, it's your fault or I'm saving you, but whatever. Uh, <clears throat> and it's very a tense, uh, a tense thing. But yeah, it is um um, and is that so? Uh, 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 Verity Lambert, who's the first producer uh, who did the, the William Hartnell years and stuff, was commenting at one point that like she didn't like when the doctor, um, uh, the third doctor, joined Unit uh, and was living on Earth because it's like, oh, he's now he's become part of the establishment and he's like a he's like a you know, sort of figure of the establishment versus he's always been anti-establishment. He's always been sort of a rabble rouser um and whatnot but yeah it's, it's just interesting like again pairing that with that reaction of like uh of me which of being like yeah 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 just shut up outlers shut up rebels <laughs> um you know do what you're told get the vaccine get the va- get the marshman vaccine for god's sake um hey guys it'd be a good time to check in if if you haven't gotten your vaccine please get it if you haven't gotten yeah. your booster available to everyone please get it yeah. um it or can prevent marsh- you from turning into a marshman yeah do and not become any of us want that. yeah um if you can become a marshmallow I mean, I, all right. Like that has its yeah. ups and downs. I mean, there's not that's <laughs> right. not great either. So you don't want to you don't want to go. You don't want to end up a giant Stay Puft marshmallow. Man. We we're just talking about the Ghostbusters movie before before recording in the green room. Uh, no, yeah, back recording. there. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Doctor? Is the Doctor um, uh, is he an authority figure? Should he be? I mean, because he's also he knows everything. He's the smartest person in the room, uh, and he is sort of the authority for everybody he's with, but then also his entire sort of message is rebel against authority. Well, I think he is so all knowing that he's often coming in and usually pointing out how the authority in this context doesn't really have all the information and is usually trying to act on in, in a way that is probably counter to their best interest because because they don't have all the information and because they have their own ulterior motives about things going on so he's often pointing that out for for people 
but he does work with unit. He doesn't just work with unit with John Purby either. He works with unit. He works with um, Harriet Jones. I mean, like he does embrace and understand that big organizations and, and, and authority is sort of required. It's at certain points because like if everything was just these individual beings acting on things mm. like some of the stuff wouldn't work. I think he favors ultimately um, rebelling or at least pointing out the, the downfall of the authority or the, like the established wisdom because he is often this like lone actor coming in like that. That's his, that's his benefit is he is coming in saying, I'm not, I'm unfettered from any of this. I have so much knowledge and I can come in and, and, and in a lot of cases act, he's not often, though, though there are occasions, he's also not often, he makes people work together, but he's not like a leader in the sense. He's not like, I'm going to command the world's armies. No, he inspires he, them to do stuff. Yes, that. exactly. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll work with the people who then do that. But like, he's not the one saying like, everyone follow me. It's like, he doesn't want that. Um, well, he's interesting. He's um, an agent of chaos. Uh, yeah right he comes in and disrupts and he doesn't often know everything that's going on um uh so, uh, so uh i i just i mentioned in the podcast where i teach ethics uh in the company where i work and we do a lot of military ethics stuff because we do a lot of military work uh and um uh i've used a couple times there's an old star trek episode called taste of armageddon i don't know if you remember this is from the original i don't know how much star trek you've seen no. the original series um, and uh, Captain Kirk and crew come to this planet, um, which of course is is, a, is one room with like a little tape deck. It's a computer, and they're like, here we are, sixties, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, here I'm mocking the special effects on Star Trek. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what a lame show, all right. Uh, and um, so the the setup is that it's a planet with a um, uh, it's conducting a massive war with another planet uh, entirely by computer. It's all by computer simulation. Uh, and so there'll be computer simulated attacks and then uh, the attack will be over and the computer will spit out the names of the people that died in the attack. And then all those people have to go off and get disintegrated in a little disintegration chamber. Oh, right? And then there's sort of a, a treaty that's like, <clears throat> you know, we can tell we, we have a count. We can tell who's being disintegrated, who's not. <clears throat> if you don't do this, then we'll we'll have a real war. Like we'll launch our, our nuclear missiles, hmm. whatever the equivalent is. Um. So it's an interesting setup, and, and it's the episode sort of goes gets around, starts around the debate about like, you know, <clears throat> what happens if war is too clean? If there are too many rules, isn't death and destruction and suffering isn't that part of war? And it doesn't it discourage you from having more to do? What's great about the episode, and why I bring this up here, is uh, it has something. I, I just wanted to describe it. <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah. On to the rankings. No, um, but, um, is uh, Captain Kirk shows up. And in two minutes is like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, and and just destroys the entire system <clears throat> and then breaks the computer or whatever that's doing it. Uh, and they're like, what are you doing? All of our history, like we'd, we'd rather have this than destroy our entire culture, our history in this massive nuclear war or whatever. Um, and, they, and he destroys it all and he's like well see ya and then they're like well wait what are we and then he's like well you better start talking quick because they're gonna bomb you assuming you don't just disappear it's just like similar you know again sort of like yeah, no full understanding of well, how did we get to this point and the doctor's kind of like that too the doctor shows him he's like oh some people are in charge and some people are not in charge well i don't like that uh and and so but the attitude of the show is is sort of all over the place um uh, and obviously obviously it's a reflection of that's the doctor's not a real person. Uh, spoilers, sorry, but not a real person. <laughs> um, so it's a reflection of the different writers. Um, 
But yeah, there's just an instinct of like, oh, we must rebel against the authority figures uh, right away. But it, it doesn't always it doesn't always make sense that he's doing like it doesn't. Look, yeah. I'm not religious. I don't like the church. Um, but his reaction to the, to the clerics or whatever, he says, he's, well, it's spiky. Was and I was like, well, give him a second. <laughs> well, I think he when if he enter, like you said, if he enters into a situation and there's someone, quote unquote, in charge. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I would I would characterize one of the reasons he's always not on their side or distrustful of the decisions they're making is because authority figures act with authority mm. and the doctor even when he is making decisions and uh making big actions in the show he's kind of always he, all throughout all the doctors they're all he's like hey let's go you know let's go jump in the lake and they're like oh is that what we should do and he's like i don't know maybe like he's very <laughs> Uh, unsure he he embraces the uncertainty of a lot of things and saying like yeah i don't know i don't have all the answers i'm trying to figure it out and i'm not really sure and when you come into authority figures um or or regimes or whatever they are acting always with assurance like please go do this this is the right thing to do and we're absolutely sure of it and Mm -hmm. i feel like that sets the doctor off like immediately like you cannot be sure no like you you shouldn't act so sure about this and that's what we try i mean yeah maybe that's it and that's that maybe it's tapping into that's what we just trust about people and like or even just people who are extremists on any level but you know authority figures too but it's just like anybody who's sure of anything as immediately like, how like, could you really? know that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that sure. are you really 99 percent sure that seems yeah. crazy like how, how is up. it possible shut up yeah so uh in, in conclusion don't listen to anyone who acts with any authority on anything is yeah that, yeah. yeah this yeah, this yeah. podcast answers to no one <laughs> that's right Dang. that's right and we and nothing we say has any authority behind it. Also, mm, that's mm, definitely mm-hmm. true. But we, I mean, we're our own executive producers, right? I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah, which we well, don't. Um, we should really get credit for that. You're an assistant uh, exec. Uh, yeah. I'm actually full exec. Yeah, but uh, uh, right. you know, right. you'll get there. Right. Well, right. um, I, I do. I get it created by credit. I <laughs> you get created by. I get teleplay. <laughs> John, there are 200. So, by the way, um, since our last episode, I went into uh, we did some deep, deep research. You yeah, know, as, as everyone recommends, I did my own research. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I love when people for since we're going on uh, anti-vaccine rants. I love when people mention like, well, look, everyone should do their own research. Actually, no, you shouldn't do your own research. Just listen Maybe to what people tell you. If it's your field of study, then yes, do your own research. If it's not your own, if it's not your field of study, maybe you should listen to experts in those fields and take the consensus of those experts rather than decide that you will suddenly become your own researcher mm-hmm. in a field that you're completely unfamiliar with. That sounds like look, a terrible look, idea. I'm sorry, though, but you shouldn't put anything in your body unless you fully understood exactly how it's made, which is, and think about that while you're eating potato chips. Just uh, <laughs> also, well, my addendum to that is until you know exactly how it's made or, you know, Joe Rogan's opinion. And then right. if you know Joe Rogan's opinion on it, look, he was on news radio. I mean, I think you got to yeah. trust, trust uh, the, the people, guy from news radio. You listen to Joe Rogan. You listen to Andy Dick, the respected people <laughs> who are on news radio. I mean, they're the people you rely on for information. Where's Stephen Root on these things? Yeah, Where, where's mean, Candy Alexander? More on the I need to know. <laughs> uh, John, there are. So I did some research and mm-hmm. there are actually I'm still good on saying there are 297 official Doctor Who television stories because apparently has been mm-hmm. quite public and the official 
uh, Doctor Who uh, uh, wiki uh, mm-hmm. is listing the entire current season of the 13th doctor is meant to be a multi-part single story right now you're saying you're they pronounce it some some exception with that but um that's what that's well i mean we've already we've already broken the ultimate taboo um cannibalism uh but also (laughs) (laughs) porter i've been just eating people left and right during these podcasts um but also uh, Trial of a Time Lord, which we have watched, Terror of the Vervoids, the one on the spaceship yeah. with the with the vagina plants. Um, <clears throat> that's not what they were called. But, they um, list that as story one forty three, the Trial of a Time Lord, fourteen episodes. Right. So, yeah. so we've already broken. So we've already added an additional three stories to the count that is not being counted on that official wiki page. Right. right. When we get to Flux. Uh, I don't. Are we gonna? We're gonna watch all six. I'm I gonna watch the whole it. thing. I am. Then if we're gonna watch all, I, and, I mean, by then we might be starting to run low on the old parents, the old parents. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so maybe it's a good idea. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I pair this with, I don't know, John Pert. We had a weird haircut one time. <laughs> that, that's the pairing here. There's a YouTube here. compilation. Yeah. Well, anyway, we got it. Look, we we ranked. We have now ranked 100 mm. episodes. Mm. Uh, 100 stories of Doctor yeah. Who. Uh, so we're going to rank two more. I will start. Uh, Time Evangels, <laughs> Flesh and Stone. Uh, this kind of took me by surprise. I, mm. I liked it definitely mm. throughout. But then as I started to rank it, it kept climbing up pretty high mm-hmm. on the rankings mm-hmm. for me. And I actually ended up settling it nicely right next to Blink. <laughs> so for mm. me, I have Blink at number 10 and I have this right below it. I, I did put it below it. I actually think you mentioned they brought it's a very compelling uh villain monster whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. the weeping angels mm-hmm. i think they did a great job at revisiting it and it still felt it still felt just as scary and chilling and, and mm-hmm. everything i do think i would still that's where i got to this point where i was like i still prefer the initial introduction of them over this mm-hmm. but it's really good so i put at that at number 11 uh, just above uh for me father's day which was a favorite of mine from the mm-hmm. from the ninth doctor yep yeah, ninth doctor um so then, uh, full circle, as we uh, as we've discussed on this podcast, uh, you know, really stuck with me, really, uh, really. <laughs> um, and again, again, part of this is to blame as I'm watching this on a, on a kind of a sleepy weekend here. But Whereas, I, ended course, up, this I didn't is the put 15th it in the time I've seen it. So I didn't, I didn't dock it. Hmm. Super, I it, it is in the lower end of the spectrum for me, but no, I didn't put it in like the 80s, 90s, 100s. I ended up around 63. Um, it's actually right next to the arc in space, which shouldn't be that low mm-hmm. as we've discussed many times, but there it is. Um, and I put it just above um, Black Orchid, Planet of the Ood. I, I got in basically, I got into somewhere I was like, well, I remember, I don't remember this very well, but I remember those and I didn't like them that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting mm-hmm. them above that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, near the that kind of bottom of the second third there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really, really liked uh, Time of Angels. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, we're actually close to agreement here, actually. Um, so yeah, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone, again, I, it just fits in. I think it's that classic Moffat's uh, stories, right? Of him just being being really clever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost annoyingly yep. clever. Um so uh, uh yeah I mean I've got it uh, um uh, fairly high up um uh it, you know it's a well constructed story I think it all fits together very well uh, I love River Song I I'd forgotten how much I really liked her and her coming back uh, and obviously mm-hmm. performances she was her first one the Doctor's daughter 
Uh, no, no, she's the one in um, uh, the Silence in the Library, right? She's the oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, um, uh, I've got it at number fifteen, just below the Centauran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. Um, uh, yeah, again, just on the strength of of being a, a solid story. Um, Full Circle's a little bit lower. Full Circle's, oh, yeah, it's, um, it's. I think it suffers a little bit because it doesn't have a particularly compelling monster, right? The Marshmen are a monster, but they don't really do anything except wander around <laughs> and, and like yell at things. Um, uh, so I think that it loses a little bit of points on that. It's a bit slow. Um, I like that, you know, again, if you spend a lot of time thinking about the plot, it doesn't necessarily all make sense that evolution and everything works quite that way. Uh, but it's, it's, Within the logic of the story that's established, uh, it, it works, um, and it's quite clever. Like, clear, I mean, especially for that era, I think a lot of effort went into. And I mean, you know, it's this one this guy's one story. He probably was writing it for ten years. Uh, it's like, like yeah. um, it goes. Uh, it's good. It hangs together, um, uh, and it's pretty good. Like well, Tom he wasn't Baker writing and, it for ten years because he would have had to start when he was eight years old. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, true. For he was, you know, working on it very hard instead of studying. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's a good Tom Baker, good Romano story. So yeah, I've got it at number uh, number forty, right below human nature and the family of blood right above father's day sort of in that uh you know well-constructed uh but um uh well-constructed story but not nothing nothing stratospheric um so i think we're our angels one's gonna be up there right i mean pretty agreement yeah so it almost cracks the top 10 it's number 11 um it's right below empty child dr dances and it's right above voyage of the damned uh, because we're big kylie minogue heads so mm-hmm. really have to go mm-hmm. up there. yeah i think that's it's great up there and that almost almost the top 10 and then full circle actually ends up literally smack dab in the middle of the list tied mm. for 51 with legopolis um the, medio- uh, the, the most mediocre of mediocres right we it's funny because we have it right next to my legopolis they're both rated 51 and we had sort of op- we, we had roughly similar opinions on it but opposite like you ranked full circle 40 i ranked it 63 you ranked legopolis 59 i ranked it 44 so we were like in the mm. middle but like a little high i'm a little low Different and then the reverse they end up mm. end up in the middle look you know what like you, averages work yeah you can dive into all of this you can understand more that's why i think the the rankings are really good for if you're trying to learn basic statistics and want to understand yeah. how you find the median of something use our rankings i mean yeah. there's lots of data there for you to pour uh, classrooms across the nation are are using our rankings to teach children basic mathematics I know and my our podcast my, to teach children uh, reproduction. My my, <laughs> <laughs> I know my daughter's in first grade, and I was reading a word <clears throat> problem from her test, and it was like John recorded two podcasts, but <clears throat> Porter only recorded one. Oh. How many podcasts did they record together? And so that was a good. We're being used in word problems. We're really getting out there. She um, said fifty one. Fifty one <laughs> podcasts. I know. How many like, yeah, they didn't list all of them. They didn't mention all of them in this, but I know for a fact. <laughs> Uh, but you can go to mindprobe.show and see uh, all of that ranking stuff as well as notes from old episodes and how to subscribe. We would love it if, if you aren't already, if you'd subscribed to the podcast on please, iTunes or please subscribe. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. And if you want to leave a review rating. for us on any of those, we'd love it. We'd love look, you know, you're on, you're on your podcast, right? Like you are. Uh, and and you, you, you listen to them and, and, and they're all popular, annoying uh and they're always like oh rate my podcast rate my podcast and you're like well you're, you're the happiness lab or you're no such thing as a fish you're all you get tens of thousands of fans and you say yeah i don't have time they don't need my rating you need right. your rating people 
Great yeah. actors. Yeah. Don't don't waste those are popular. You're, those are famous people. They're good. We got like twelve fans. Uh, a bunch of people from work. Uh, I, I mentioned my podcast on uh, on the Slack channel at work, and some people um, seem quite interested. So welcome, uh, Palantir people, in uh, eight to nine months after you've gotten through the last uh, fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Really I see this as, as more of a time. I mean, I mean, it is great. Again, it is a uh, a good thing to recommend to people because I, I know I get in podcasts. So, for example, I, I got into this comedian, Nate Bargatze, who's uh, mm-hmm. he's a he's a good comedian. And uh, when we were visiting Nashville, visiting a friend of ours, uh, actually, no, we <laughs> that sounded funny. We went to Nashville and friends of ours also came with us. We were not visiting them. They, they just also came. We saw this comedian. And then when I got home, I realized like, Oh, he's a comedian. He must have some podcast because like every comedian is required by, I think, the federal government to have yeah, a podcast right, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, and it, what I loved is then I got into his podcast. There was like uh, 70 episodes. It was like, oh, great. So I can just start from the beginning and just kind of roll through this. I'd listen to them like in the background while I'm doing work. So I think it's great. We have fifty of them on here. This like get into it. This is like how I watch television. Roll through them. Like if, if I'm if I'm going back and picking up, like you know, it's like new stuff. Yeah, even new stuff. It's like I don't really watch anything unless it's got like three seasons under its belt because I'm just like yeah. I don't want to get into this. And then you know, <laughs> yeah. and then which the is, opposite. Is terrible. Like, what have I done? I'm like I'm sitting there like mm, well I I'm doing absolutely nothing. Uh, to, I'm sitting on my couch or my underwear. But you better put in at least three seasons before I'm even going to lift a finger to like, watch your show. <laughs> like, who's the Harper release? You wrote like two, one yeah. and a half books. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And meanwhile, they're like, if you don't watch the show, there will be no second season. And I'm like, mm, earn it. Yeah, you well, we'll earn see. it. Earn this. It's like me. I'm like, a, I'm like the, you know, a Tom Hanks and Private Private Ryan. I'm like, earn this Chicago well, code. <laughs> now, what you can tell your friends too is like, Look, I listened to this podcast. No, not the Mind Probe. It's a Doctor Who podcast. Um, what I'd like you to do is just give it fifty episodes. Like you know, just yeah. just listen to the first fifty. If yeah. you don't like it after that, yeah, we get we it. Really, I totally get it. Yeah, but we really find our feet around episode thirty-seven. Give <laughs> <that's> right. <laughs> All right, we'd love it if you subscribed. You can also contact us on Porter at Mindprobe or mm-hmm. you can email John John at Mindprobe have, have you given up the old Twitter yet? Or are you still tweeting? You're still twittering. I'm still are you going to get rid I, of it for New Year's? I tweet out. I, I'm I'm keeping it because I tweet out my my comics, mm-hmm. so I, I keep it active for that. I do comics. Mm-hmm. You can go to. Uh, at Rooney Rabbit or Rooney uh, at Rooney Comics, RooneyComics.com, uh, and you can support my comics on Patreon, patreon.com slash Porter Mason. Uh, John, support nothing John does. It, no good can come of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I might write a book one day, another one. I'm thinking about oh. it. Have you like, ever thought about writing a Doctor Who book? Uh, yes. Uh, so, um, uh, Big Finish uh, every uh, every year has a contest uh, to write um, a short story that they will record, uh, which is cool. Uh, yeah. But I never win. But I submit because uh, it will be you know to to contribute to shape the can it be like for me it would be like if uh, if Jesus called and we're like hey we need a new book in the Bible and you just, <laughs> you, you, you just so pound you one have out a there. bunch. Of Doctor Who stories that you've written, Uh yes, but I, they're probably not any good. Um, but uh, yes, I, I still try because one day a doctor or a doctor sound alike will read my words, and I will be written into the fabric, the tapestry of this program. 
Well, once we get to the later episodes and we're we're out of pairings, I think we should pair with your stories. Yeah, I mean, they're only well, actually, so technically, I should say, um, you submit. You only submit a sample of uh, like the first page and then the the summary. So, uh, so you just have stuff like, and then what if Patrick had like a funny hat on, and then canine would be there and you get the idea anyway yeah. let me know if you're gonna... <laughs> does every single pitch ended with you get the idea so... <laughs> well look uh we would love for you to do all that stuff um we're gonna keep doing these we're gonna do about but 75 enter, more enter the stories i don't need the competition i would love to do everything but enter that stop entering that story everybody just stop entering the contest let me have be this. Helpful. i want one uh, thing folks john what do we have in store for next week our first episode of the new year. I can't believe 2021. Episode, yeah. Um, uh, well, folks, vampirism is on Ooh. the horizon uh, because of vampires. I saw that. There was an extensive on, you know, next week's Doctor Who. On, there was, they were pretty proud of that episode. I think. Oh, yeah. And a lot of vampires. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, uh, Nat Smith and, uh, and, and Amy continue, but they, they pick up Rory. We get Rory again. Uh, okay. next week, uh, in the Vampires of Venice, uh, and I have paired that with, and this is this is folks, folks, this is a Ntimp first and possibly only. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, we're actually just going on to the next story in the fourth Ooh. doctor as well. State of Decay is immediately after Full Circle. That's uh, just lazy on your part, really. Yeah, well, <laughs> it also has vampires in it, so it is quite lazy. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, yes, day to day, fourth Doctor Romana and Adric. Uh, so, yes, uh, 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 settle, settle in for some good old-fashioned vampirism, some good old-fashioned blood-sucking. Well, I like blood-sucking just as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not. I, I never, I don't quite understand the, the fascination lure. with vampire stories. Same with zombies. I just watched uh, Marvel has a show on Disney Plus, and it's an adaptation of a comic book series that they have called What If. And what they do is they just say, I don't know if Doctor Who has anything like this. They say, this is not canon. They made up a character that invents alternate timelines. And they say, we're just going to explore a story if this didn't happen. So, like, for example, the one I just watched was the, the when... Tony Stark becomes Iron Man it's because he gets hurt and then he has to fix himself and that's where he becomes Iron Man and the story is well what if he was saved and wasn't hurt then mm. what happens mm. and uh, so they have this whole like, but one of them was essentially what if all of them were zombies and then mm. they just did, did a, a every, every superhero was a zombie it was like what is the fascination with zombies and vampires I don't vampires just be all sexy or whatever people like that um, they do do a, a big finish to Doctor Who Unbound, where they basically did a whole bunch of stories where they're just like, what if he never left Gallifrey? What if he was a jerk? One of them was just like, yeah. what if he was a real jerk? People would not like him much. And then they did. They did do one comedy of him, like, what if he was a woman? And I was like, ha, I was telling John and back in the By the way, we had to clean up Dirt trays are, are why, why did you paint it red? Well, they just thought it to be different, but then a lot of our guests don't mm. understand the green room. And, it's the uh, murder room? The red room. <laughs> I was going to say they think it's the shining. <laughs> murdered. Oh, well. Oh, anyway. Happy 2021. Happy yeah. New Year to all. Welcome to the New Year, Probers. Mind Probe. Not show. <laughs>